take a walk, ride, stroll, or just listen as you take hold and engage because you are now entering the Cerebral Podcast. Joke of the day from me, a premature child. What grows bigger along with a premature baby? Answer Hope and heart grow bigger as the number of hours do. Thought of the day comes from me, a premature child. A turning point comes when what's happening gradually turns into happiness. Hello and welcome back to The Cerebral Podcast. This is episode 30. Thank you for joining me today. For the month of November, I want to talk about maternal health issues. November also happens to be my birthday month and I was born two months prematurely. Today I want to talk about the life course theory and the life course framework. Later I will talk about some of my own early life experiences when I was first born. As I have heard over the years from a number of relatives. The life course theory is a sociological framework that is sometimes used to analyze the different circumstances of pregnancy. This is for women who become mothers of premature infants that are medically fragile. As a result of the premature birth, the mother and child are caught in liminality. Liminality is the state of ambiguity or disorientation between two developmental stages. Both mother and premature child are caught in transitional stages of development. The life course theory operates with the fundamental assumption that lives are lived in a reasonably ordered manner according to factors such as age, social structures, and historical change. The life course theory has five distinct principles. The first principle is time and place. The second principle is lifespan development. The third principle is timing. The fourth principle is agency. The fifth principle is linked lives. The time and place refers not only to the snapshot of circumstances, but also it refers to the available resources at the time of the medical care. Lifespan development refers to the previous and earlier experiences of a mother and the meanings attached to those experiences. 
mothering of a sick infant will therefore be shaped by previous relationships and mothering practices. Timing, in this case, refers to the ordering of events and the sequence disruption that premature birth causes. Life course theory suggests that a woman's personal development pre-existing behavioral patterns will shape how she and her support system will adapt to the premature birth. Agency is the ability for humans to determine the outcomes and shape their own lives. Mothers make life-shaping decisions for themselves and the premature child with limited insights into the future. Linked lives is the integration of social relationships extending beyond formal family ties. Friends, neighbors, future co-workers, and other relationships help provide a distinct and ongoing orientating context. These social linkages could be more difficult or more complicated because the medically fragile child or the underdeveloped child needs more support or understanding from the people around him or her. The key development areas for possible post-traumatic growth are number one, trajectories, number two, transitions, and number three, turning points. Trajectories are paths of changes in developmental processes. These may include many life or work decisions. Transitions are entry points or new roles within the trajectories. They are more gradual developments. They often involve movement from one stage to another. They have a liminal or in progress or emerging movement quality. Turning points involve abrupt or unexpected changes. These often involve substantial or significant emotional changes. These can be substantial adjustments to the loss of control, uncertainty, or to a new reality of altered plans. In this week's Rite of Passage Experiences, or ROPE, I want to talk about some of the circumstances my parents were in the middle of when I was born. These are obviously secondhand stories I have heard over the years. The time and place was Brooklyn, New York in the 1970s. I was born two months prematurely at Long Island Jewish Hospital in Brooklyn. I developed spinal meningitis, which caused me to be born two months prematurely. I was told that I was given 
medication or a drug of some sort that saved my life. My parents during this process added the middle name of Gerard after the patron saint of pregnant women. I spent about four to six weeks in the NICU, but I was not told that I had a stroke shortly after I was born. I am not sure if the fact was due to the lack of information or if my parents hid the information for another reason. But I didn't find out that I had a stroke after I was born until I was in my 40s. Nonetheless, it was commonplace for strokes to result in cerebral palsy. Some parents downplay or don't share the severity of the medical condition. This probably was due to the social emotional circumstances, especially in the 1970s. I was also told that my cerebral palsy was mild. It wasn't until later that I realized that it was more moderate. The decision was also probably motivated by fear or judgment of my parents in the community by their peers. The actual diagnosis of cerebral palsy came about a year and a half after I was born. I crawled using my elbows instead of my hands because my hands were clenched into fists. My parents didn't have any previous disability experience. As I mentioned in the September episode 22, my uncle probably had an undiagnosed intellectual disability. The timing was overwhelming for my parents and I was caught after I was born right in the middle of a family that was emotionally spent. My parents utilized family support and neighborhood support in Brooklyn as well as support from the United Cerebral Palsy in New York City. Knowing what I know now, parents often need to adjust and handle the situation as best they can. The extended family provided extra support, but they couldn't do much to relieve the first-hand stress of the situation. My parents did the best they could at the time. The one thing they did lack was the emotional intelligence and the understanding that my disability was always bigger than I was. Something I've always known because of my crutches and my disability was that I've always made a better positive impression on most of the situations in my life. Growing up with my crutches, I was able to make deeper, more memorable impressions on people. You can listen to previous episodes to find out more about my experiences with Sesame Street, Baywatch, 
and Nickelodeon. You can listen to previous episodes to find out more information about other trajectories, transitions, and turning points I've had in my life. But they have always started and ended with the same things, my disability and my crutches. Because without them, I wouldn't be the same person on the outside or the inside. How can life course theory help you in your life? What trajectories, transitions, and turning points have you had? Thank you for allowing me to be a voice inside your head. Please share this podcast with someone you know. Were there one or two specific things that you learned or liked? Would you mind joining and sharing it on the Cerebral Podcast Facebook group? You can listen to the show on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you to the listeners who support the show on the Cerebral Podcast Facebook group. I invite you to join the group. You can also email the show at thecerebralpodcast at gmail.com or send questions, comments, or ideas for the show. And remember, it takes effort to be vulnerable, be accountable, and be respectful in the way you treat others and yourself. You can be the biggest variable in your life when you take ownership. Now, take hold, engage in your world. You are now leaving the Cerebral Podcast. Always when I'm like, I, I, I never give up.